5. We're just going to have a, a conversation, you know? Okay. Looks like it's taken a few seconds. My internet is strong, so I'm not sure why. My internet is strong, so I'm not sure why. <laughs> Are you hearing me, Claire? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, I'm you wondering. Strong. Yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> if we're live. Are you hearing me, Claire? Yes, I can hear you. You yeah, so we have yeah. some feedback going on here. I'm wondering if we're okay. live. Let's see. So we have some feedback going on here. Okay. Let's see. Uh-oh, my phone is ringing. <laughs> yeah, I have mine on airplane mode. And Isn't that funny? Yeah, my phone is ringing. My husband will get it. Yeah, I have mine on airplane mode. Take it off. Yeah, my phone and it never rings. Isn't that funny? Yeah. This is weird. My husband will get it. Oh, take it off. This is weird. You know, I guess it's just oh. still waiting to go live. Um, it says that we are live. That's what it's saying. You know, I guess it's just still okay. waiting to go live. Um, it says that we are hmm. live. That's what it's saying. Okay. It's still saying preparing on my end, actually. Interesting. Still saying preparing on my end, actually. Mm -hmm. I wonder why it's doing that. Do you, are you hearing me twice? You're hearing everything that I say repeat? No, no, it's clear and it's uh, just once. I wonder why it's doing that. Hmm. Do you, are you hearing me twice? You're hearing everything that I say repeat? No, no, it's clear. Okay, so you are here. 
wondering if someone can tell me whether I am live or not. Uh, someone who can text? Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at my phone to see. I'm going to stop it and try to go back in. Something doesn't feel quite right. Give it a minute. I feel like let's see I think we're live Okay. <laughs> so you know what we're just gonna go on with the interview and move forward because I think that folks can hear us. So I'm hoping that somebody will send me a text and let me know if you actually see the video because we're up. Oh, we are on. We're on, Claire. Oh, yay! Yay, 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 yay. All righty. So this is good. It's so good to catch up with you. It's good to see you. Yeah. You know, I think that this may be like one of those, remember those old shows how when you watch it, the people's maybe it was like a uh maybe the kung fu movies how when you talk the um the the tv doesn't catch up with the person's uh talking <laughs> so i'm sure somebody will tell me that they're gonna be like i don't know about that whole thing so um <laughs> Oh, man. Movie, but the voice doesn't match. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get some comments soon. So if you all are out there who's ever watching, thank you so much for popping in right now. I appreciate it. I am Yolanda Johnson from Beyond Measure LLC. And welcome to another segment of Can You See Me? Women, Leadership, and Race. Um, I get to do what I love. This is one of the things that I love. I love to fa facilitate learning. I love to connect um, people with people, and I love to um, create space for connection and learning. So why not just take this time um, to do what I love to do? It helps to keep my spirits up. It helps me to connect to people um, anywhere in the country right now. And so um, I appreciate it. And tonight I have um, in my first live interview for my podcast, I have Miss Claire Wong. Um, Claire Wong is the founder of Equipment Connections for Children. Hi, Ilka. Thank you so much for saying something so that I know who's here. Thank you. Um, so, so tonight I have Claire Wong. Claire is the founder of in Equipment Connections for Children. 
And um, it's an organization that started in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And you're going to hear more about that in a minute. But I thought it was important to bring folks like Claire to you so that you can hear how she really saw a need in the community and took that and ran with it. And so we're going to engage in some Q&A. If you all have questions, please feel free to pop some questions into the string. I'm going to try my very best to answer them or to have Claire answer them. Um, So again, I'm Yolanda. This is Claire Wong, and we're just going to have a conversation. Is that all right, Claire? Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's an honor. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So good to catch up with you. So, Claire. You are the founder of Equipment Connections for Children, and I found the organization about three years ago now, I believe. Oh, Lori Schmidt, I love you too. Thank you. Thank you for watching, uh, Laura Dorsey. So about three years ago, I think that I was at um, a networking event um, and I found one of your board members. That's right. And I tell you, yeah, and that has grown to such a strong relationship and a love for what you do. And so I'm honored that you're here um, because of the things that you have done. And and I really appreciate it. So I think that other people needed to hear about it. Um, Throughout the years, they see me post about things uh, related to equipment connections for children. So I wanted to bring them the woman behind the organization. Yes. So Claire, talk a little bit about who you are and what you what you do and uh, the fact that you are retired right now. <laughs> I am retired. I'm just about a year retired. Um, it's been an amazing journey this last year. Okay. But I've been a therapist for 37 years. Okay. So I have seen quite a bit of what there is out there in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, in Gaithersburg, Maryland for about 30 years working with children with disabilities um, home, in the home care setting an outpatient setting, but with children with all kinds of disabilities. Mm-hmm. Good. That is so good. And so, Claire, I think some reason we may have gotten kicked off our live feed. I wonder what happened. Oh. That's not good. Hope it's not from my end. You Can you still see me? I can still see you well. We're good on our end, but for okay. some reason, it could be... Well, we'll see what's going on here. Uh-huh. Can you see my screen? I can see you. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but you can't see my computer screen, right? I cannot. Okay, good. That's a good thing, but I don't know what's happening. I'm wondering if we just got kicked out. Yeah, the link was weak or something. And so yeah, people, yeah, I'm wondering yeah, if that's it. Work and... Yeah. Huh. Well, I got a few seconds. Um, it says that a few seconds ago someone posted. So if there's something going on, Ilka will tell me. Um... Hmm. She's telling us that we're still live. I don't know why. I don't know why Zoom is telling us that we're not. But so what? We're just gonna keep it moving. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so you were a physical therapist, right? And I believe you right. worked at Children's Hospital. National. National yep. Medical Center. National uh-huh. Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C. And Claire, what did you see there? Like, I know you said you were a physical therapist, but what did you see in your work? So in my work, in the home care part of my work especially, I would go from home to home. And I would be advocating for the children to get equipment that they needed, essential medical equipment for them to develop and to grow and to metaphorically develop. So things like walkers for walking, standing frames for standing and getting the body strong. Um, but then the children would outgrow the equipment. Okay. And we would the process. We mm-hmm. would advocate, get more equipment for the child when they needed the next size up. But then the mother would say, well, what do I do with my old piece of equipment? I want it to go to a child that needs it. Okay. And invariably, I would be seeing another child in another home that was in the same process. Right. You know, a piece of equipment, you know, mm-hmm. this similar type. And so I would move it from home to home just naturally. It just kind of spontaneously happened. And it seemed like this was something that could be just done by me. But then I thought, well, wait a minute. I can't be the only one that's seeing this, this process going on. But yet when I looked around the community, there was no process to do this. Wow. There was no mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, There was no other, there was no organization that was doing it. And when I looked nationally, Mm -hmm. there were a few in the nation that were donating equipment, but most of them were doing it for adult equipment. So things like bedside commodes, adult, and that's a fairly standard size piece. Mm -hmm. An adult piece is an adult piece. It doesn't come in small, medium, and large. So um, I started to just think about it, and I was doing a graduate program. Mm -hmm. called Applied Healing Arts. Oh, wow. And in my life, I was thinking about physical therapy in a different way. I wanted to do something different, and I hadn't put all the pieces together. It's not like this is something that was a click light bulb moment. It was more of an evolution over about two years of Mm -hmm. really to figure out what I wanted to do. Did I want to get an advanced degree? Did I want to do more advanced skills in physical therapy? But I really felt like I wanted to do something deeper or something with more meaning, um, not just technical skills. So that's when I went to Thai Sophia to really think about it in a philosophical sense. Right. Because Eastern philosophical program. So we really talked in the program about environmental issues, about the earth, about different philosophies and how to bring those into your profession. So it was a process of learning and thinking through a different mechanism, really, not okay. just about didactic and measurement and we call it measurement world. Um, to get out of that measurement world and mm-hmm. think more larger sense of community. And so we had to do a project. And so I was trying to figure out, well, what can I do for my project? <laughs> I, I dithered and just didn't know. And I really stumbled along to try and figure out what I wanted. But what I ended up doing was making a list of all the ideas that I ever had, kind of like a brain dump. Did you? Um, wow. That's interesting. Possibilities. Mm-hmm. Just, um, anything and everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Out of that, um, I then went to my passions and made a list of what really matters to me the mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. And advocacy came up as being a very strong 
important part of what really drives me. Like, why do I get up in the morning? Where will I, I love get that advocacy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and advocacy and the environment. So it really was not really healthcare issues per se, even though, you know, I really love my job mm -hmm. and, and that I work with. But yet I had these other values that were very strong to me. Mm -hmm. um, I weave together advocacy and environment with physical therapy. And so it was advocacy, environment, and physical therapy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you know, just figuring and thinking. And then I started thinking about the equipment and putting together, you know, reusing the equipment is environmental. Mm -hmm. It's not going to feel it's not sitting in a home mm -hmm. and helping a child in need, which is advocacy. Mm -hmm. It's that what they need is important and they need it now. They don't, uh, they shouldn't be waiting right. for equipment that they need right now, even though they're growing, they've outgrown something they need it right now. So advocacy was a very powerful drive. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it took me a while to really take a grasp of what the model would look like for equipment connections to really design in my head, like, okay, how would the flow go from one home to another, one mm -hmm. child to another, mm -hmm. legal issues. and all of the, um, the, the voices that say, no, you can't. Don't do like, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was wrong. Claire, I want to um, I want to make sure I highlight one thing um, that you just said is that you had this idea, right? You were in at a, in this um, class, and then you had this idea, but you wanted to take that idea and and turn that into a model, and I think yeah. that's where a lot of us get confused or lost, or we kind of give up and say, you know what, I can't figure out how to take this idea and turn it into something that can actually be sustainable and grow, but also serve the need that you're trying to meet. So how did you come up yeah. with the model? Did you kind of blooper and blunder and figure it out as you went along? How did, how did that happen? Well, I think first I had to admit to myself that I was capable of doing this. Mm, I like that. It was the, oh, it's for somebody else to do because mm -hmm. I don't, I'm a professional at running an organization. I'm a therapist. I know how to do therapy. Okay. But I know how to start an organization and I don't. So this idea of, um, I'm not, I'm not an expert at that. Okay. To overcome that. But the program that I went through was all about, it's okay to be a beginner. And okay. so I went ahead and said, I'm just going to be a beginner. I'm just going to start in the beginning mm -hmm. and just say, I don't know anything about this, but I'm just going to go one step. I'm going to learn that step, but I'll go to the next step and I'll learn that step. And mm -hmm. I'll just see how far, how many steps I can go as I learn along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so, is that you have to take it in steps and learn along the way. Um, you know, uh -huh. like I said, I, I think that most people would want to hear those things. Like sometimes we think that people had these ideas and they had it all together right from the beginning. Right. And that wasn't the case, right? That is not the case. Mm -hmm. That is not the case. I knew half of the equation. I knew the therapy part. I knew the equipment. Mm -hmm. But I did not know how to write a 501c3 to start a nonprofit organization. Right. Or the aspects to get a waiver. Or, but at each step, like I said, I had to learn it or somebody came along. Right. And it was an amazing journey. And I knew that that was possible. If you set out with a vision, mm -hmm. 
somehow along the way, that next step, there would be somebody that would appear. I like that. It's not like mm -hmm. it appears, person appears magically. You have to search, you have to look, you have to work, mm -hmm. you have to be creative to find, but somebody invariably would come along. Sometimes I would have to wait a year <laughs> for somebody to help uh -huh. me with the interesting part. Mm -hmm. I looked, searched, and tried, and, and eventually I found a wonderful person. Wow. So it always happened in a, in a split second mm -hmm. uh, because it has to happen when it's ready to happen. And so you have to have that mm -hmm. patience. Yeah. Persevering. Hold that vision. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it may not be on your timeline. It may That's be right. on some timeline. Mm -hmm. yours. And so you just have to keep holding. Hold and, that vision and wait. Hold that vision and wait. I love that. And I'm finding that yeah. more and more over the past couple of years with starting a business myself and um, realizing like I'm okay at the pace that I am going at. It doesn't matter what anybody else's pace is or where people may think that I should be. I'm okay with my pace, especially with working a full-time job because you were also still working a full-time job while you built this business, right? Yes. Wow. Wow. So you held on to the vision, you took steps. Um, what were some of those challenges that you faced? You talked about trying to figure out like the 501c3 and the legal yes. pieces of it, right? Yes. We don't talk those about that enough. Initial. Yeah. Yeah. Those were my initial and I did find a partner for that. I found a lawyer who was retired. Okay. Who did help the 501c3 but i have to say the 501c3 it's it's the same like i would do a section like okay now the next section and i didn't look at the whole thing okay step at a time just not letting it be so daunting that's a message for us all for life right now to not look at the whole thing and take it one piece one piece at the time um there, there's a there's a big rock little rock concept right and so um instead of looking at that big rock we're going to break everything down into little rocks because i think it 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 fools us not not so much that it fools us but it helps us does kind of fool us into believing that we can do it because we're biting off small chunks yes. rather yes. than trying to face this big mountain, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I um, like that. Yeah. So I think the second hardest thing was the funding part because out of my paradigm, asking for money, that's not something I do as a therapist. Mm -hmm. I don't write grants, but I had to do all those things. I had to wear all of the hats. Mm -hmm. And so that was, and I looked at the grant writing it's kind of like my college application it's very similar uh -huh. you have to talk to yourself you have to tell you what you're doing right and, and it helped to have statistics I think mm -hmm. um, I learned that measuring what I was doing so that I had some numbers to really show right that there's really a need out there mm -hmm. once I had really good numbers and I could plug those into my grant application mm -hmm. it, things started to move forward and I could really talk about the story of mm -hmm. what we're doing but also the numbers supported everything wow doing so the grants were then starting to roll mm-hmm that's that's such a good point um and it took some time for that funding to start rolling in it didn't happen immediately right so you didn't have like your own capital to start this because a lot of times you know i want to make sure that people understand that you did not have like money just laying around that you could pour into this nonprofit. you had to figure it out yeah i, I started out with zero money 
uh, yeah, I was really, <laughs> it was a pipe dream. And I really thought it wouldn't take much money to run it. And I really, so I, this is my comprehension of my lack of understanding of what it's like to run a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what I was doing. Wow. I just knew I had a 501c3 and mm-hmm. that, you know, I would just take equipment and donate equipment, did not think about the cost of salaries or mm-hmm. the cost um, you know, renting a van that it would take to move the equipment around to lease space that would store this equipment. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of, I kind of left those pieces. I'll figure that out when I get there, you know? Right, right. Wow. It took me two years to really get a grant. And so I wasn't paid for at least three years. Did you say two years and you didn't get a salary yeah, for three years? See, and, and look at Equipment Connections for Children is really thriving because it's now 10 years, right? Or yeah, we're, we're actually a little time. over 10 years. Um, yeah. One of the reasons, one of the things that really, and I want to just hit pause for a minute to shout out to the folks on Facebook who apparently can still hear us and maybe even see us too, but they're getting it a little intermittently. I'm going to try to repost our entire interview, but I want to just go ahead and move forward and let the flow continue. But thank you all for listening. I hope you can still hear us. Uh, Trying to figure out our technical difficulties on our end, Um, but I appreciate you all joining and I hope to be able to post this later on this evening. But I want to continue talking, Claire, about um, when I first came across, uh, I believe it was Deb Carter. And Deb's such a sweet woman that I was like, I cannot tell this lady no. I can't tell her no. So I was like, okay, Deb, um, here's what I'll do. Let me take some time to figure it out. Make sure I can actually um, dedicate some time to it. Because you know, it's hard when you believe in something and you don't have the time to commit to it. And, um, and so I did, but as I paid attention and did my research on your story, you started, when you started to get the equipment, you worked out of a storage unit. Well, yeah, it was my garage first. <laughs> oh, in your garage first. Wow. <laughs> and the garage filled up. Uh-huh. Was, okay, well, we need more space. So I rented two large storage units. That was about mm-hmm. 200 feet. Okay. Um, and enough and then we ended up with four storage units wow during the equipment and as it rolled in and rolled out you know, we were able to shuffle things around and mm-hmm. keep it in those four wow. units wow that's so awesome because um yeah we were also donating out of those units so families would have to come down into what we call the dungeon the mm-hmm. base of the storage area and open up the the garage doors and and figure out where the equipment was wow so, was yeah. yeah, it was look quite an that. experience. Look at that. You know, so we did that for four years. For four years, year, four or five years. Before we got a lease space, yeah. Before wow. we got an office and an actual storage area and an area to clean the equipment in the back. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing a lot of consistency and pacing and small steps and not trying to start like bigger than where you need to be, you know, at, at, at the beginning, kind of getting up to a point instead of starting large from this front. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, I, I like that. Just taking those baby yeah. steps first to build yourself out. In that my computer, my computer battery is running low. I need to get my charger. 
<laughs> well, you know what? Guess what? If we are live, we're going to be real women, real um, humans. Go run and get your, your charger. How's that? Go, go run and do that. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. I love this. <laughs> Let's see what's happening live. I love it. And and he's on standby with the charger, Claire. <laughs> okay, I'm back and I got assistance. Yay! <laughs> you know it's so it's so hilarious that um I got juice. Yeah, you know what, Claire? I just love it. I want to be able to show people in their most human form you know yes we do have to make ourselves presentable I couldn't wear my headscarf on the zoom call tonight and all of that right but at the same time I think that this time of everything that's happening with COVID-19 is forcing us to be more um, human and be yeah. you know connect with people and and all of that and and not because we're all in the same boat we're all living in a world of un uncertainty right now um yes, so being our natural selves yeah so if you need to go really running are. yeah so if we you know kind of screw up the recording <laughs> a little bit or you need to go run and get your charger then we're going to yeah. keep it flowing because because that's life we right yes. yeah yes. that is life so you started in the garage you 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 moved into the four storage bins and then you got the lease space. Lease space. Yeah. yeah. And I remember coming on yeah. board. I remember coming on board and I used to say, wow, how does she do all of this by herself? How has she been doing all of this by herself? And so you did a lot of that by yourself and you did have support along the way, but then you had to kind of build a team through volunteers and a board, right? And what was that like? Right. What oh, was that yeah. like? Oh, it was, it was challenging getting board members. Um, mm -hmm. I should say the, the people that stepped up have been so generous, like Debbie. Mm -hmm. uh, mothers in particular who have children with disabilities mm -hmm. time to help and gave powerful information from their perspective, what they would like to see the organization be organized how they would like to access the equipment and mm -hmm. basically we make it easy for the mothers or the fathers mm -hmm. to recruit and obtain what they need. So their input was so valuable from their insight and their life experience. Um, and then we just had other members like Mary who brought in so much um, passion about the, the connection and how, oh, yeah. to and how to, how to see things in a communal sense. Mm -hmm. Each person brought gifts, and it was it was really beautiful to see how each person played a played an important role in mm -hmm. together. Yeah, each person yeah. brought gifts. I love that. Each yeah. person brought gifts, and and I noticed that about you early on that you appreciated 
um, the individuality of each person that, that came to the table. I saw that um, really early and I appreciated that. Um, it reminds me something that um, Governor Cuomo said today and I, I um, noted it in my phone. He said, it doesn't matter which chain breaks because the whole chain will break. The whole chain breaks. Everybody breaks if one if one is not doing well. So each thing has a purpose, you know. And I like to think of team teams like that, family, relationship, everything. Um, and so it's been a great road to serve the board, but more so to serve um, an organization that was built by a woman who had so much passion that you just picked it up and ran with it really while doing a full-time job with not having any money, not really knowing um, the other legal side of the business and all of that, but you saw a need to serve children with physical um, disabilities. And for those of you who may be just joining in, um, I'm talking to Claire Wong. She is the founder of Equipment Connections for Children. Equipment Connections for Children, um, for those of you who may have that need or know someone with a need, is um, actually right now we are located in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, yeah, Columbia, Maryland. We moved from Gaithersburg to Columbia, Maryland. Um, I get to serve on the board, but basically we connect children with other pieces of equipment that they need, mal maladaptive equipment. Um, Claire, can you talk about some of the disabilities that the kids have that the organization serves? Uh, yeah, so we will serve children through the full range of age, so from zero up to 21. Okay. So serve older than 21 because children with disabilities, sometimes their bodies don't get to be as large as an adult. Okay. Um, so they, we can serve them if they're in need of this size of equipment that we have. Mm-hmm. So um, please no conditions such as cerebral palsy, genetic disorders, um, all kinds of neurological conditions, but also developmental delays. And so one of the really fun things that happens is zero to three, okay. there's early intervention in the home that's provided by the county. Mm -hmm. The county that go to the home and see the children for the first time, so this mm -hmm. is their first intervention, um, mm -hmm. will find they can borrow a walker from us and help that child get up walking. Sometimes they'll only need it wow. for two, three, four weeks, mm -hmm. and then they'll end up walking. So the fact that we're there and can give them that piece of equipment when they need it, um, when they're developmentally ready, they'll take off and wow. do extreme. So wow. I just we can serve that population uh, very well. Mm -hmm. Through the school age years, um, what we're finding is that there's equipment that's available in the schools. Okay. So that they and in school and they can sit in appropriate equipment but not always at home mm -hmm. so equipment is not always um, available in the home so the insurance may pay for the wheelchair but they will not pay for a chair to sit in to eat and perhaps that chair won't be able to reach the table and the child can't dine with the family at the at the kitchen hmm. you know dinner claire so can we'll i can i um can i interrupt you for a second because that that's kind of glaring to me 
right? And that's something that as I learned more about the equipment and learned more about the things that we do, um, that was so glaring to me that the insurance companies sometimes will not pay basically for what kids need um, to thrive and live as regular human beings as they are. And um, that's that's a problem because that is a clear um, exclusion issue versus being inclusive when you're making laws and you're making policy, um, you are excluding the needs of handicapped children, of, of children with disabilities. You know, um, it's like, I'll, I'll take care of a part of this, but I won't take care of the whole child. And I, I can't wrap my head around that. Um, well, that's where the advocacy comes in. And mm-hmm. as much as I like to change policy, I didn't feel I had that ability from where I was standing. Mm-hmm. So- I did it from the grassroots level, mm-hmm. but you're right to make policy changes, wow. to purchase a wheelchair and to tell a child, this is the only chair you can sit in. Right. Nobody one chair all day long. Mm-hmm. You can imagine your body not wanting to sit in one chair all mm-hmm. the time. Right. So you know, we need to sit in different environments and we need to sit with our family at dinner. And, and sometimes the wheelchairs won't fit up to the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. So Right, it's excluding, it's excluding children from being yeah. part of the whole. Yeah, yeah. Again, That's a chair um... that say goes high and goes low. Mm-hmm. It goes come up to the dinner table, but mm-hmm. it also on low. They can then interact with their siblings, and mm-hmm. that because having a child being able to come down low to the ground so they can be face to face with another child. That's just what children do. They right. do a close up mm-hmm. and. We need the equipment to do is things that children do naturally. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that struck me is that when they have the equipment that they need that's fitted properly for them, for their age, their size, and all of that, they're actually their circulatory system works better, everything works better, and they thrive better, right? Um, oh, when we put them in the right piece of equipment, their body just speaks. Yeah. So something where they stand, and maybe this is the first time the child has stood. Mm hmm. And they're visually at the same height as their mother, and they can look their mother in the eye, and their face just brightens, and their body just responds. Wow. In the right chair, you know, the child is squirming and trying to get comfortable, and you place them in the right chair with the right supports, and they Mm -hmm. beam and smile, and you can tell that, oh, my body's happy, and I can do things with Mm -hmm. it. Kind of responses just inspire me to keep going yeah, and yeah. keep getting more equipment and yeah. just figure out a way to get more money. Yeah. The the couple, um, the few times when I was there, when um, parents were there and they were getting, the kids were getting fitted or, or they were just able to bring their kids in to have some fun. I, I paid attention to the parents um, more because, you know, for me being a mom, I think I identified with that a lot. And, um, and I could see the relief in, um, a couple of parents' faces, just the relief that they can now, have their child like be a normal part of the family. So what has that experience been like for you providing oh, parents something they yeah, need? That's also very powerful. There's mm-hmm. many times here and I have just started crying. Yeah. yeah. I feel their relief. Mm-hmm. Their stress washes away mm-hmm. when, you know, that they, they no longer have to fight for this. They, they maybe lost the fight and mm-hmm. had, there was no way they could get this thing that was so essential. Right. And, they get it it's just this huge relief mm-hmm. um, 
So that's another huge motivation. Wow. Um, I love that. It's important to me to just keep going when mm-hmm. the times all I have to do is think of a parent mm-hmm. and the t- together tears of joy that yeah that's so awesome so um, awesome wow how yeah. um you know I, I think it's important that people know um when you talked about building the team and you were able to get a board going, um, you also had to start thinking about like, how would you transition with this organization? Uh, you know, sometimes people think that if you, if you know, sometimes we think, well, if you start a business, you have to finish it or you can't like, uh, sell it or transition it to someone else. Um, there was a lady that I I read this story about, um, uh, oh man. Oh, it's the lady who started the hair care business. There's this natural hair care business that she started. It's called Carol's Daughter. And it's really, I mean, it's well-known stuff, all of that, but it's, um, a female African-American woman uh, started the company. And she actually recently, I think probably within the past couple of years, sold it to L'Oreal. And um, and I'm like, yes, yes. But then when I read this story, I saw that people were kind of ostracizing her because she sold her business to L'Oreal. And I'm like, what? L'Oreal wants to buy my company. That means that, you know, she sustained herself so well, they're not just going to take anything. But how was it for you having to transition your baby, right? Because that's what our ideas are, is our baby. You transition your baby (laughs) to, um, to someone else because you were the executive director. Right. And um, we found a new executive director because, you know, you were you were doing it all. And we found a great person. Shout out to Jason Heron, who is our ED now and just doing his thing um, and taking the organization to a great level. But I can imagine how like and you're always so calm, Claire. So, you know, if, if it's really bothering you, you know, I'm not really sure if it did, but you you handled it well. But how did that feel? (laughs) <laughs> That's part of the vision. The the vision was that I wouldn't be doing it forever. Ah. And I be doing it forever because mm-hmm. I, it was kind of like the beginning story where mm-hmm. I'm and I recognize I could learn and I could learn, but mm-hmm. then there was a to my ability to take it where it needed to go. Mm-hmm. And I recognize I really don't have the skills to be the executive director. I'm still a therapist. Wow. And I've a lot and I've done a lot but I wasn't I couldn't bring the experience of being an executive director and knowing how to take an organization and grow it it was growing and growing and I loved it so much mm-hmm. that I wanted to continue growing that I knew that I could not be the one to grow it wow it's almost like it's so much mm-hmm. you know you have to realize you are not the one right and you have to love it to somebody else I love that I love you that. To, you have to give it. Yeah. And otherwise, you wouldn't love it. It's like letting your children grow up and leave yeah. home. Um, and, right? and that is still a transition, even though mine are like 28 and 29. <laughs> that's still a transition. But you're right. You have to trust that you built yeah. a good foundation and then be able to say, okay, you know, the world is yours. I so what I can do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I know that somebody else will do better than me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but I, I wow. cannot do it all because I, I'm not the only person in the world that can do this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is and has been the best choice. Wow. Being executive director, he, he is. is taken other organizations from the bottom being wearing all hats you know, mm -hmm. like he's toilets and i'll do spreadsheets and yeah I do it yeah and he mm -hmm. does yeah and that's what we needed somebody who knew from the bottom up but mm -hmm. also had the vision how to make it bigger and bigger yeah and yeah he yeah. is doing a wonderful job yeah and that means more children can have access to it and that's the actual goal that i wanted mm-hmm more and more children can have equipment that they need. Yeah. Under my leadership, I felt I had taken it as far as I could go. And that meant that there would be children that wouldn't be able to get it because wow. I couldn't deliver that. Wow. Under your well, leadership. You have to know when to, when to hold them, right? That is such to... a good leadership <laughs> lesson though, right? You don't have to like carry it all the way through. If you really, you know, if we're really doing our job as leaders or whatever, right? it is going to come to a point where you're like, okay, well, I have built somebody up. And if you're not building anybody up, you better start building someone up because you cannot do the same thing all the time. And so you had to be secure in trusting the person that we hired, trusting that you had built that foundation. And Claire, I have to tell you that everything that you just said about Jason is so true. But, you know, I would be remiss not to say that you modeled that for him. You modeled that for him and the fact that we had you during that transition to help him as he came on board, I think that was huge yeah. instead of like just throwing him in there and he had no time to transition with you. Yeah, thank you. Again, yeah. we had a year of overlap, mm -hmm. which was really nice. I mean, that's like the ideal transition, right? Yeah, you oh yeah. Together and he can take it over and... And then, yeah, and then yeah. now he's, he's got a solid handle on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about your retirement. It's exciting to see. Yeah, that you're over in California chilling. Are you in Santa Cruz? In, we're near Santa Cruz. We're near Monterey. Okay. Okay. How are things out there right now? Let's let's just hold some space to talk about how things are going. Oh. How, how are things feeling in that area? Well, Monterey is a is a really nice area. It's very agricultural. Mm -hmm. Lettuce, all your lettuce and strawberries come wow. from Wow. Mm -hmm. Artichokes. Mm -hmm. So it's very agricultural. So there's a lot of open space, a lot of green space. Okay. From fields around us, and then there's a lot of um, ocean because we're near the Monterey Bay. Okay. Just uh, area. So it's not densely populated. Oh, okay. So we are in a good place in terms of there's not a lot of people coming in. There's mm -hmm. not an international airport. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're relatively isolated here in terms of we're really not that affected. Okay. But we are sheltering in place. We've been sheltering for almost two weeks. About two weeks. Good. It's, good. Yeah, it's making a difference. Our mm -hmm. numbers are low. Mm -hmm. And they're low. Good. Everybody's very mindful. Um, my dad is just a little bit further north in San Jose. And mm -hmm. they're a hot uh, yeah. Of course, our Google, Facebook, and all those businesses right. are there because of their international and their travel and all the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. harder for them to contain that area. Wow. What are you doing with this time? Are you making black? Are you making blackberry jam that you can that you can ship over to me? Yeah. Uh, I love blackberries. <laughs> 
in rehab, I had an ankle surgery. Oh, wow. That's I'm right. Doing okay. a lot of exercise and I am walking in the neighborhoods. Uh-huh. Neighbors are out. I'm meeting more neighbors since we're new to the area. Okay. Um, so I'm feeling more of a sense of community, which I'm really good. Happy. Yay. So, are you um, like your own physical therapist? Or are you listening to other people? Oh, I have to have somebody to help me. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going in and... <laughs> having a therapist and i'm not an orthopedic therapist so oh okay that's right their advice good good i'm glad so you're doing that good and do all my exercises and... wow so you saw equipment connections from the beginning you you know how it is now in 10 years doing really well just transitioned into howard county maryland um mm-hmm. collaborating with a larger organization there um what is your dream for the organization organization oh this is a model that's working and it's Mm -hmm. working very well it's Mm -hmm. saving the state and insurance companies a lot of money because it's saving Mm -hmm. landfill i want this to be a model that's used in throughout the nation wow in every community every state needs to support an organization like this Mm -hmm. the equipment and we will save lots of money wow get the equipment that they need when they mm-hmm. need it mm-hmm. win 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 all the way around mm-hmm. it's expensive wow Except the equipment let's reuse it and refurbish it wash it use it again wow so, um it's mm-hmm. a model working so um mm-hmm. jason I wants to take it bigger and take it to the state of maryland mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. to every state it is mm-hmm. sustainable yep. it's it's definitely a scalable. It's a scalable model. Yeah, I know we've had uh, conversations about scaling it and franchising it, and I see it happening. I see it happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so maybe awesome. After all of this, and we understand more about how we're all connected as a community. Right. What yeah. happens over there affects me over here. Mm-hmm. Can't close our eyes. We have to reach out and help each other and support each other. Absolutely. So- Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think I think good things will come out of this whole crisis we're in at the moment. Yeah, you know, even as I thought about our podcast session today, and I said a prayer that you know that I said the right things and I asked the right questions, so that who's ever listening, even if it's one or two um, people, that there's something that they take from it because I believe that right now a lot of us are thinking about our next, like, what does this look like for us? Whether we have a job, don't have a job, what are we, what are the, some of the things that we may want to do that we put on hold? Um, remembering that tomorrow's not promised, remembering that, um, you know, we, a lot of people, about 4 million people, I believe as of today, uh, woke up without a job. And, and so thinking of those things that make us happy because yeah. there's so much need right now, but we know that whenever this starts to curve over or whatever happens, there is still going to be a lot of need. And so yeah. um, to hear from someone like you uh, just saying, okay, this is the need. This is my gift. I'm going to take the gift of physical therapy and put that together with getting equipment to other uh, children who may need it. I I just think that it was a story that people need to hear. And um, it helps me again, it helps me do what I love and release some of my own energy um, 
You know, this is, I, I, I am a, um, a woman of faith. I'm a very spiritual person, all of that, but I've also learned to not suppress my feelings. And this is an unsettling time. It is an unsettling time. And we have to acknowledge that and be honest about it. Um, so to hear from other people that have done some really inspiring things and then to also find the things that you love to do um, like this, like talking to people, bringing good content to people, bringing good stories uh, to folks, um, especially women who have who don't have these large, famous platforms. You know, there's space for that. But I wanted to create space for women who people don't always get to hear from who've done some amazing things like you. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share some of my thoughts and and what has inspired and motivated me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She does get me up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Think about thinking about others is, is very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I look forward to finding my new community and a way to serve here. And it may not be in therapy or equipment, but Uh out there. So I think by saying, I want to serve, Mm -hmm. leave your heart open to observe what's happening. You will figure it out and it will will find you. You will find it. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to that next journey of finding the next connection that I'm finding that next connection. Wow. My last last question has been with um, the last few interviews is what do you do for fun? I know one of the things that you love to do that you're probably not able to do right now. So what do you, what do you do for fun? What does Claire Wong do for fun? Anything outdoors. I know. Bike riding, hiking, all of those things. Swimming. Uh Uh-huh. Gardening, mm-hmm. ing words. Uh huh. All of those <laughs> things. Wow, wow. There is one question that I did um and I didn't get to ask. If if someone has a nonprofit, so for those we talked a lot about you starting a nonprofit, but for those folks who have a nonprofit and they may be looking for board members or for people who are looking to become board members, what, what, um, words or thoughts would you like to give towards that? Like, what is it that a nonprofit needs as we, um, seek board members or we try to grow as board members? So seeking board members, I say, look for all walks of life because you want that diversity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have a person on our board that has a disability. That's right. Um, and those, those gifts are important, but mm-hmm. we also keep who are professionals that know the legal, mm-hmm. the financial, those pieces that maybe the founder doesn't have mm-hmm. were the pieces I was always looking for the business to give business advice. Cause I'm not a business person. Mm-hmm. And then those who are seeking to find a, a board, Oh, you know, follow your heart. And yeah. if it sinks in and it's, and it like resonates that, right. I mean, Yolanda, you're a perfect example, but <laughs> you seem to resonate. Yeah. And yeah. Such an advocate for us. Yeah. You know, um, wow. Um, when I first heard about the concept, I'm like, the things that they're doing is so amazing, but it made me think about being a parent and not being able to provide for my children. So not being able to, um, 
you know, for a parent not to be able to provide what their child needs to thrive in life. Um, I told you all this story about when my son got type one diabetes and, um, you know, and we were taken over to children's hospital and they taught me everything about how to give him his insulin injections and all of that. Um, and then he just took over, you know, once he learned, cause he's like, ma, no, that's enough. Um, but I've always had health insurance. I've always had very strong health insurance, but that doesn't mean that sometimes, Claire, I may not have even had the copayment. I may have had to try to figure it out. So to hear about parents who don't have the equipment they need for their child to eat, you know, I think that's what resonated with me the most. And so when people ask me, well, you know, how do I find a board or how do I find a board member, make sure the people or whatever you're seeking aligns with something that you can grasp onto. Um, that was important for me. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, important for me. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And that's actually was a huge motivator for me because I've always felt so grateful mm-hmm. my children were born healthy. Yeah. And the point at which one of them might not have been. And mm-hmm. I knew I came like a hair's breadth mm-hmm. close. So... I relate to the families because I could have easily been in their shoes. Yeah, yeah, So to absolutely. understand where they walk mm-hmm. is hugely important and, yeah. and gratitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. You know, thank you for letting me serve on the board and for trusting us. Um, it's a great group of people. Um, and we, you're right, we all bring our individual gifts and um, it's good stuff. Uh, Jason is good stuff. You're good stuff. Just that the foundation that you have built has been phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you, Yolanda. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> this has been good. Through all of our bloops and blunders and everything, this has been good. I hope to be able to go back and listen to the recording. And it's going to be fine. You know, I always say it, it, it's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be. Exactly you know? what it's supposed to be. Yeah, we start like stressing about things and then all of a sudden... <laughs> You know, this has become just such a natural, organic conversation, and I appreciate it. Um, oh, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Stay safe in Florida, in, oh uh, my gosh, in California. Stay uh, safe and stay well. Um, and I wish you well, Claire, and thank, thank you, you for we'll just bringing your story. Soon. Take care, and you guys have a good okay. night over there. Bye bye now. Good night. Uh huh. Bye bye. Yep. And that's it. That is another segment of Can You See Me? Women Leadership in Race. We were talking to Claire Wong, founder of Equipment Connections for Children. She saw a need and she rolled with it. She figured it out and it took her 10 years to build the company and grow the company to a point where she could transition it to someone else. And she has since retired because she built such a strong foundation. So I encourage any of you out there who Uh, During this time that we're all at home uh, with COVID-19, that we think about the things that may um, that we may be passionate about and needs that we may want to meet later on um, as we recover from this. So, again, I am Yolanda Johnson of Beyond Measure LLC. Thank you all for listening and have a great day. Bye bye.